This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And look, I wish Danny Jansen had not walked the Yankees off last night to take the First win by the Blue Jays in Toronto since Vlad Jr. called it his house. The Yankees are now 4-1 and one in Toronto since that game. I wish that hadn't happened last night, of course. But you know what? I kind of learned all I needed to get out of this series from the first two games. So I think I'm going to be pretty okay here. Uh, we talked about last week trying to survive this eight-game stretch, hellish eight-game stretch. Four at home against the Rays, four on the road against the Jays. I thought this one felt like a little bit of a safer bet because of the pitching matchups, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? And also, I felt like I just hadn't really seen. We're coming off the Yankees blowing that 6 nothing lead to the Rays. I hadn't really seen it. I was like, they might lose three out of four there and then split this. Well, they split the Rays series with some dramatics. They almost took three out of four. They've already secured themselves a split here. They have done more than survive in Toronto. So we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about what everybody wants to hear about which is the tremendous baby stuff coming out of the toronto blue jays dugout i have never seen anything like this and i don't want to call them our most hated rival these days because it's not a rivalry it's just one team that can't possibly fathom that the New York Yankees, who are playing slightly above 500 ball, It's not like they're running away with this like the Rays. They can't fathom that they're doing this fairly. They just can't get it through their heads. So the Rays, I despise. That's a rival, right? But we hate the way they do things. We don't really hate, I mean, we hate Kevin Cash, but I don't hate Rays fans. I don't really know what they are. Like, I don't like how the Rays devalue talent. I don't like how the Rays win anonymously. And most importantly, I just don't like how they're winning all the time. The Red Sox go back decades with us. But you know what? The Red Sox fans were on board with Yankee fans during this Blue Jays series because the Red Sox have been the bullies for 20 years. And the Yankees haven't been the bullies for a while. But Red Sox fans know what it's like to bully the opposition. Blue Jays fans were acting like the victims of a crime this week. And Red Sox fans knew enough about their recent history to say, get over it you're being embarrassing you're being children you're filling your diapers so we're going to talk about all of this uh because it's nothing i mean nothing funnier and there's nothing funnier in the last five years of yankee baseball than the yankees winning the second game of this series while the blue jays tried to send it all off the rails while Domingo herman got ejected while the Yankees had to cover six innings with their tired bullpen, while Ryan Weber had to throw two and a third innings, you let Aaron Judge beat you again. And if the Yankees had lost that game, the Yankees had lost a game like that. You said it, Thomas, and I'll throw it to you to do the promo for our friends. You said that that would be CNN headline news, and it would be. So we're going to make sure that it doesn't get forgotten that the Blue Jays have to wear this one now forever as well. And we don't see them again until the end of September. So end of the series, worst case we split this four-game series, and all everybody remembers is that they accused Aaron Judge of doing something that was plainly not cheating, uh, and instead of avenging him the next day, they lost. Uh, you can make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, truly wherever you get your podcast. Find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays. We welcome it. We welcome the viewership. Hit subscribe if you're here for the first time or if you just haven't hit it yet. And Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. Uh, can our listeners and viewers potentially get a little gift? They potentially can. 
DraftKings came to help us out. They want to help you out. So what will that take? Uh, we have an awesome limited time promo for you. If you head on over to DraftKings.com um, or download the app, um, you, pl- you deposit money, place a $5 wager on any sport, doesn't matter. You get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is use the code YanksGoYard at sign up and redeem. It's for first-time users. Keep that in mind. A uh, lot of stuff going on, guys. PGA Championship this weekend. Baseball, full swing. Conference finals in the NBA. If you want to bet how much John Schneider's diaper is going to weigh after this series, I think there might be a prop for that. And it doesn't matter if you guess it right or wrong. You will get the $150 in bonus bets. Using the code YanksGoYard at signup gets you this promo. It's a great way to support the podcast. So if you don't have a DraftKings account yet or you want to use your wife's name or your girlfriend's name or your dog's name or the separate email, do us a solid. Go and sign up. Use that YanksGoYard code and place that first bet. This is for new customers only. You got to be 21 and older and physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. And you're in New Jersey, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. This is va- this is a one-offer valid per customer. It's a minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager required. Just so you know, rewards are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. So you got to use that up. Start doubling down. Go crazy. It's a great time. Um, see full terms at DraftKings.com. And uh, yeah. What is going on today? What will we be talking about on the podcast? I don't know. I don't even, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Because look, here's the thing, right? There was some Yankees cheating in this series. Sure. Domingo Herman, for the second time in a month with the same umpiring crew, was stupid enough to make his hand too sticky to function, and the umpires took him out of the game. That's true. But I learned that Toronto Blue Jays fans have no decorum and Toronto Blue Jays radio announcers, television announcers, and the manager and the coaches cannot define boundaries between two. Two things can't exist at the same time. Domingo Herman cheated. Absolutely. And by definition, that means that the Yankees have a culture of cheating. And why even dare uh, defend Aaron Judge when you knew this was possible? Oh, there's cheating in the, in the clubhouse. So, of course, it was within our rights to accuse Aaron Judge of doing something completely ridiculous that no one could even justify. And by the way, uh, there's no sign stealing anymore because the Blue Jays were using Pitchcom. And and maybe it's going to take a little time for for fans to adjust to the fact that there's no more like traditional sign stealing because Alejandro Kirk is hitting a little button on his leg which is feeding the signs to the pitcher. And then he's going, oh, that was a sign. I heard it in my earpiece and no one else knows it. Obviously, it's going to take some time, but the Houston Astros poisoned everything to the point where now, if Aaron Judge is looking at a coach and giving him side eye and then hitting uh, an 86-mile-an-hour slop down the middle, the sixth straight slider of the at-bat, that's now, there's got to be something that's the same as banging on a trash can, using the video room, attaching a buzzer to your nipple, what have you, whatever the Astros did. Bottom line, uh, the the reliever who was responsible for all of this came out yesterday before the game and said, "Yeah, I was tipping my slider." They all told me I was, I was tipping my slider. Uh, I was I was breezing the glove too fast or whatever. And that's sort of how baseball's worked for like 150 years. If there's an obvious tell and a pitcher's making a mistake and not covering it up, and you also have Alejandro Kirk sitting on the outside of the plate without even thinking about disguising the location 
because he's so lazy and he kind of is just relying on pitch comedy. He's like, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to be a catcher. I can just sit here on the ground with my one leg out. So the first base coach knows there's a tell. He knows it's a slider. Based on looking at Kirk, he knows where it's going to be. And Judge is peeking. They're telling that information. And he spits on a slider low and away. And then he gets a cement mixer in the middle of the plate. It's a home run. It's the most nothing story that's ever nothinged. And yet you still have the Blue Jays manager demanding that the Yankees base coaches stay in their little boxes, which the Blue Jays coaches weren't staying in their little boxes. But God forbid anybody say that because nobody stays in their little boxes. But God forbid anybody say that. And then you also have the Blue Jays pregame show saying that Judge should get hit in the head, get some chin music from Kevin Gossman. Well, he doesn't. He actually wins that game with another home run. And then the next day they say he should get hit by Chris Bassett. I, 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 I'm not giving it up. I've heard the backlash to be saying he should get hit for something he didn't do and something people have been doing for 150 years. I've heard you say that maybe I took it too far. No, I'm going to say it again. I really think you should get hit by a baseball in the head. Um, a lot of this falls on the Blue Jays broadcasters, the Blue Jays pregame guys, and the Blue Jays manager. And Domingo Herman did what he did and got kicked out by the umpires. He got kicked out of that game and left the Yankees at an extreme disadvantage in that game because they did not have the pitching to cover six more innings. And the Blue Jays turned themselves into the victims there, too, saying uh, we should erase the first three innings or something that, that because they evened it up later and had every chance in the world to go ahead but didn't manage to make it happen, that the game was still on an unfair playing field because of the first three innings, never mind the six innings after that where they had a million chances to take the lead and win the game, never mind the fact that sticky stuff on someone's hand doesn't make him impossible to hit. You could still lay off the breaking ball. You could still make contact with the ball when it's over the heart of the plate. Domingo Herman is not that great a pitcher. Uh, ignoring all that, the Blue Jays still managed to try to somehow make themselves a disadvantaged ones in that game because of the first three innings instead of the Yankees, who were disadvantaged. By the last six innings, the Yankees won the baseball game and they can't seem to handle that. So when the Yankees win, you got to undo the game and erase it. When the Blue Jays win, like yesterday, it's allowed to go on no scrutiny. I've never seen a team handle a lo one loss to start a series like this and then handle a second loss the way they did. Absolute spiral job by them. Uh, pretty embarrassing, too. And my issue with this entire thing was the broadcast because the yes. broadcast got this kick started. And everyone, I saw a lot of people drawing parallels with WFAN, what Evan Roberts and Craig Carton said about the Rays after their hot start. You know, they said there was something fishy and they're not buying what's happening. Um, those are talking heads on the radio with. No journalistic integrity with a reputation far below that of Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez, who have been broadcasting games for decades and have been in front of millions of people before. So I know they didn't outright say Judge was cheating, but the fact that they said, you know, something suspicious was going on and they don't want to make any, any assumptions, but you already said what you needed to say, say there with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watching. So that's the part. That's the part that gets me. Yeah. Everyone's saying that the, the broadcasters did nothing wrong. If they had just said they had every right to point out that it was weird. The judge was looking somewhere other than the pitcher, right? You can do the close up shot of judge and say, what's he looking at there? That's pretty weird. Isn't it? I got to figure that out. I don't know that, that, uh, you know, I don't know what that is, but awesome. then the stuff of, I don't want to accuse anyone of doing anything, but is when you take it to that next step and too far. If I said, for instance, Dalton Varsho has an under 220 average. I don't want to say that, but, well, I already said it. I just said it. So, obviously, I wanted to say it. 
once you say, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything without evidence, but you're accusing someone of something without evidence. You can raise the point and start the discussion by simply noting it happened rather than taking to the next step and saying, I don't want to accuse anyone of cheating. I don't want to accuse the AL MVP of cheating, but you can. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have a Buck Martinez impression? Uh, yeah, yeah, look at the Braves and the Blue Jays are going to the bottom of it. Is it, is it offensive juggernaut team is somehow not hitting Domingo Herman? Yeah. Um, I mean, my wife despises <laughs> listening to him and can't believe that that's a real guy who's paid it to is funny. baseball on TV. Um, but you had him and Showman too. I've yeah. never seen anything like this in my life. Well, uh, surely this is, um, I don't want to accuse anyone of cheating, but I'll accuse him of chitting and then just say you know i said the word weird but uh you know i i would never say cheating i'll just say he's a cheat and uh ing as well i'll say both of those you can put them together like it, it was it, i've never seen anything like that and and look at that at this point we talk, uh, we talked with michael k earlier in the year and he said like even people of like his age and stature still know what goes on on social media so maybe Buck Martinez is not on social media, but <laughs> no. Dan Schulman might might have an idea. Um, just being around the game for a while and just having that finger on the pulse because he does. Does he still do national broadcasts or is I don't know? He used to. He did yeah, for he years. He used to do Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah. Now I don't think he does. Um, either way, like I think these guys know the magnitude of this and how fans can easily pick it up and run with it, and how somebody's name can be smeared so easily. And look, I will draw the parallel every time. If the Yankees broadcast did this, if any Yankees player slid into second base with when the throw wasn't coming in and started clapping before even getting to the base like Vlad did when his team was down four runs, like I'm not saying that's unacceptable, but you know what's going to happen. You know that that's that's rip central on social media. It's all over Reddit. It's on ESPN. It's everywhere because that's how the biggest teams are treated in the media spotlight. So and everybody missed the point of that tweet um, because they, nobody reads. Yeah, anymore. of course. But yeah. You, you weren't saying you can't slide and be, you can't pump up your teammates and you can't slide 10 feet early into the second base bag. If you want to, you could do whatever you want. But if Glaber Torres slid 10 feet early into the second base bag and started flexing as he was hitting the base with his team down four, people would be all on social media saying, oh, my God, this Yankees yeah. team, four clowns. What happened to the Yankees? They used yeah. to, you know, <laughs> tradition used to be a big part of this team. Everybody would be laughing at us, but no, because Toronto did it to us. Everyone is giving them the, the silent applause and saying, keep on going. What's wrong with this? Uh, no, we're not even saying anything is wrong with it. We're just saying that if the Yankees had done it, people would have found fault with yeah. it. An egregious, just an egregious amount of behavior this series from the Blue Jays that if it was flipped, you, you it, it would be absolutely outrageous to the rest of the baseball community. He did that. He did a belly flop slide against the Braves on like Saturday too, like when they were up like four or something and like started screaming like I, it just weird, like weird, weird stuff. Imagine just imagine if Judge is doing this in the spotlight. You know, he had the subtle celebrations, which I think people appreciated. But if he was that loud and that flamboyant in certain situations that didn't necessarily call for it, he'd be made a mockery. And then you have Blue Jays manager John Schneider. He went to MLB and tattletailed on the Yankees for doing nothing because MLB found no suspicious activity, as was, you know, announced. MLB told reporters that. Um, and I think another. Salient point that um, uh, Andy Martino of SNY made was that 
there's nothing to steal anymore. Pitchcom exists for a reason. Pitchcom was literally invented to prevent this from being as overblown as it was when the Astros were doing whatever they were doing. And again, it's funny. We don't even care about what the Astros did anymore. Like, I'm not defending Houston, but like, we're over it. It's done with the people who are chanting, fuck Altuve. Like, I can't speak for them, but I know a, a big contingent of Yankee fans are over it. D- don't approve of that type of stuff. And yeah, booming Correa and Altuve is fun, but we're not reopening the wounds and crying about stuff that happened in the past as excessively as, as we once were. Um, so the fact that Schneider's doing that and then having his assistant scream at Luis Rojas for standing outside of the box and then calling Brad Wilkerson a fat boy and then essentially saying in the post game um, the night after Judge got caught looking in the dugout that he thought Judge's explanation was, quote, funny and that he doesn't buy anything that's said in – you know, the media scrum like that and that he was wondering why Judge was worried about what was going in the dugout if he was up at bat. Well, there are two reasons. One, if Judge was being distracted, a pretty easy reason to worry about what's going on in the dugout. Two, he's the captain of the team. So theoretically, what Boone and Judge said in tandem in the postgame interview without hesitation was that there was still chirping going on to the home plate umpire after Boone had gotten ejected and Judge wanted to take note of who was saying stuff because he wanted to have a word with them after he had gotten done with the at-bat. And three, the game was 6 nothing. Judge getting easily distracted during an at-bat against Jay Jackson, who has pitched 60 MLB games, is totally reasonable to happen. Um, so there was a lot of you know, slanderish uh, you know, uh, behavior there from, I think, John Schneider. And then um, you know the fat boy insult, not very nice. Uh, I think that that's mean. And um, is it an insult anymore? Like, that's a third-grade insult. Um, uh, Boone getting ejected was cool. He was yelling a bunch of F-bombs and, and, uh, he was saying horse shit a lot. I don't know where, uh, it, it just, the weak responses from the Blue Jays from this, the contrived nature of it all, it just feels like they're trying to drum up more controversy to either put the Yankees in the crosshair of the media. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it ended up hurting them because they performed terribly poorly in those first two games. They didn't perform well last night. That game ended up getting gift wrapped to them because of, you know, not gift wrapped, but Anthony Volpierre certainly helped it. Um, and yeah, the they were game. 0 for, they were 0 for 15 with risk yesterday before that home run. Like one yeah. of the worst offensive performances you'll ever see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they distracted themselves by getting, by getting in a fuss about this. Uh, which again was about nothing because unless there was technology involved, which MLB I think at this point can prove rather quickly based on all the practices that they that they've instilled, the Yankees relaying a tell off of a tip is legal. That's something that's you know I don't I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you've heard it on every broadcast at this point. It's been happening for 130 years. There have been more intricate ways to steal signs in real time without the use of technology than anything that we're seeing today or anything that we've probably seen in the last 10, 15 years. So if they saw, and Jay Jackson admitted to tipping the pitches, the funniest part about this entire thing, he admitted to tipping the pitches. He threw six shitty sliders to Judge, who capitalized on the last one. Um, And then funny, you have the next night, Judge hits the home run off Eric Swanson. Yes, Booth zooms in on Judge's face, waits to see if he's looking at the dugout, never looks at the dugout, dialed in the entire time, 450-foot home run to win the game. So... Um, uh, outside of the Yankees stumbling a little bit and not being able to score runs, like that's the only gift that the Blue Jays have been, have been given so far. Not impressed with the Blue Jays play. Uh, 
not impressed with their ability to talk smack. Really embarrassed for them. If I was a Blue Jays fan, I'd be embarrassed. The amount of hypocrisy, it's like, let me count the ways over and over again. Uh, Coming into the series, what do we hear? That Yankee fans are the most classless people in the world because a bunch of 16-year-olds call call Alec Manoa and Vlad Jr. fat, right? (laughs) That's the worst thing you could possibly... Some teenagers call Alec Manoa and Vlad Jr. fat, so Yankees fans don't deserve good things, and Blue Jays fans do deserve good things. All right, your manager called an opposing coach fat boy on the field. So there's that. Um, I I don't mean to... I'm not going to endorse the behavior of random teenagers, but I do know that the adult who's supposedly in charge of this baseball team also insults people based on their weight. So that's happening in your clubhouse. That's what the Blue Jays culture is. Then after the first game, when Judge said he was looking into the dugout because the Yankees were chirping about the umpire and he wanted to keep them in line, a bunch of Blue Jays fans said, that's a lie. Judge lied. He was actually looking at, at tipped signs and tipped pitches. It's a lie. The worst thing you can do is lie in the postgame scrum. Okay, fine. John Schneider, yesterday, they Why? said, hey, who's, who's fat boy? And he said, oh, I wasn't talking to anyone specific. It was the heat of the moment. I, I don't even remember what I said. Then Brad Wilkerson from the Yankees, hitting assist, assistant hitting coach, comes out and goes, yeah, I'm fat boy. He was yelling at me and calling me fat boy. Lie. Lie in the post game. You just lied in the post game. Give me a break. <clears throat> the announcers, the post game show, the people who are relentlessly dedicated. Uh, there was a clip after the Herman game of the post game show of Caleb Joseph, who, by the way, was a Baltimore Orioles catcher for like six years. Yeah. Had nine at bats with the Blue Jays during the pandemic season when fans were not allowed in. So did it even happen? And now has a television job <coughs> with the Blue Jays for some reason. <coughs> Caleb Joseph talking about Herman and. And, you know, we, we played six correct innings at the end of this game. Like one team got the advantage for the first three innings and they kick him out. And then we play six correct innings. And that's why we lose the game. And the guy on the right side of the, the stage, the other postgame guy was like, cheat until you get caught. I guess that's what the message is here. What else did you want them to do? Do you want them to install a Yankees specific rule? where they erase the rest of the game once a pitcher is caught cheating? Because I don't remember anybody having new rules to pitch when Max Scherzer got kicked out of a game for having sticky stuff on his hands. I think everybody just sort of agreed, oh, man, can't be doing that. Mets got bone, right? Oh, now the Mets don't have a pitcher. Mets got bone. Domingo Herman gets kicked out of Yankees Blue Jays, and suddenly it's, well, no, 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 that's not punishment enough. The Yankees now have to go six innings with Ryan Weber and injured Ian Hamilton and Ron Marinaccio, and then they get into their closer if they're lucky. Like, the Yankees are up 3 nothing, They're going to have to protect a 3 nothing lead with the bottom barrel of their bullpen in a game when they were hoping to get lane from their starting pitcher. But apparently that's not punishment. What's punishment is the first three innings against Domingo Herman. The Blue Jays got punished for three innings with an illegal cheater on the mound. And then when he got pulled and the Yankees had to scramble and then blew that 3 nothing lead in the fifth inning and then somehow had to piece together the rest of the game. And then Aaron Judge, of course, hits a 450-foot home run at dead center off your best reliever to change the narrative of this series forever. You were the ones who were disadvantaged. And, and by the way, I don't think it's very couth. Can something be couth? Obviously, stuff can be uncouth. Is anything couth? I don't think it was very, I don't think it was very couth of the Blue Jays post-game and pre-game guys, Caleb Joseph, again, saying, 
if after game one, where Aaron Judge didn't do anything of note, saying you should give him some chin music, Kevin Gossman should send him a message today. Was it was it a good idea to say that, that your pitcher should drill the reigning MVP for something you invented? And after the second game, when he hit another home run and your reliever had admitted that nothing happened and it was his fault and the whole team knew it was his fault, do you think it was a good idea to say it again and say that Chris Bassett should hit him now? Because we already went through one full game without him being hit. Might as well double down on my horrific take. Um, that was worse than anything any Yankee did over the course of the yeah. first three games of the series, by far. And and hopefully you're going to get some of that deserved backlash. Because, again, we're seeing Red Sox and Yankee fans shaking hands here, saying this is embarrassing from the Blue Jays. I don't think anybody outside of Toronto thinks John Schneider is in the right for screaming in the middle of a game to get the coaches back in the box when his coaches were just photographed standing 30 feet outside of the box. Nobody is like Schneider's right. No one is coming to your defense. And you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You have to win the second game of that series. If yeah. you're going to make such a big stink in the first one, this is a relatively meaningless regular season series. One that has been rendered even more meaningless now by the fact that even if you win the next two games, you guys just held serve. You just erased four games off the schedule. No one's catching anybody because you won two, you lost two. If the Yankees win tonight, then woof, woof. But right now, the best case scenario for the Blue Jays is just erasing games. It's a relatively meaningless series. You have to win the game after you cried to Major League Baseball. Otherwise, all you're going to be remembered for is not winning that game after you caused a fight over something that did not happen. And that's the fate of the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't see it's how rare is it for the Yankees to be getting in a feud with another team and for the rest of baseball to be like, I guess I'm backing the Yankees. Like that has never happened. No. And it must've been painful because the haters don't want to do that. But at, with the way that the blue Jays objectively, like, I don't know how anybody could, I think that's the thing too. Like, if you're sitting there defending the Blue Jays and you're not a Blue Jays fan, like you're almost being dishonest to yourself. So you don't want to feel that. You don't want to feel like you're betraying your own character. And I think that that's kind of why we you, you've seen a lot of people just being – it hasn't even been defense of the Yankees necessarily. It's just been like, what are the Blue Jays doing? Like this is, this is sad. Um, and, yeah, for the broadcasting, like, look, throwing at players isn't anything crazy. Wouldn't be the first the time. time. Wouldn't be yeah. the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. Happens all the time. Is it? I, I. It's a cool part of the game, to be honest. But throwing at batters without a precedent, just doing it to do it, that's that's dangerous. You know, akin to Kevin Cash saying that you know he was going to buzzsaw the Yankees with his stable of ninety eighters for you know no reason or one incident with Aroldis Chapman, who's famous. Aroldis Chapman, yeah. At the very least, that came because Aroldis Chapman threw a scary-ass fastball yeah. behind somebody's head. This happened because a high-speed camera caught Aaron Judge's eyes going sideways with an obvious, like, <laughs> they were going sideways to look at data that you were giving him. Like, your pitcher was so yeah. not careful that you gave him data. And now, because you were bad at your job, you should throw at Aaron Judge. Okay. What was embarrassing for us, though, was Herman picking Tuesday night to cheat. Yes. When, after all the cheating allegations, and this is why you you go you, you teeter back and forth, right? You don't want him on the team because of the 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 um, 
the domestic violence suspension. You don't want anybody like that on your team. And then you're like, hey, you know what? Teammate said he's done a 180. He's acquiesced. He understands what he did. He can't believe that's what he did. He's changing for the better. Okay, fine. Four straight starts. Okay, cool. Second chance. He's clearly making something of it. And then the day after the Yankees are accused of cheating in a nationally headlined story, it's all over ESPN. It's all over all the major sports outlets. Domingo Herman's actually cheating. Um, after being warned uh, warned about the same thing a couple starts ago. So clearly he's been up to something. Um, I, I just – I can't believe they continue to stick with this guy. Um, and now they're going to be without him for 10 games. The Yankees didn't even recommend he challenge the suspension. He's just serving it, and it started yesterday. Um, and then because of that, Ian Hamilton comes in the game afterward to pick up the pieces, and he gets injured. Groin injury, IL. So now you're down two pitchers. Uh, thankfully, the hellacious stretch with these eight division games is coming to an end tonight. But what do you do? What do you do now? What's the recourse? You're going to have to fill a lot of innings. Um, I know Luis Severino is coming back, but when is that? How effective is he, he going to be? Bullpen's already banged up. I don't know. I, I feel like Tommy Canely's been on the mend, and it was supposed to be soon, and we haven't really heard much, or there's still a lack of clarity there. So His rehab begins tonight. Okay. So that's great, but that'll be a while. Yeah, that'll um, be that'll be at least another week at the at the very least another week. Um so yeah, Herman putting the team in a bad position both from an optics perspective and now teams down two pitchers. Not directly blaming him for Ian Hamilton's injury, but on a perfect night Ian Hamilton doesn't come, have to come in in a super stressful the broadcast was even talking about it. They're like, "Yeah, you have all the time in the world to warm up, but the entire world is looking at you." when you're warming up and you kind of want to get on with it and you're obviously in a situation where you weren't expecting to come in, you're coming off, you're coming, um, you're coming off the bench in the bullpen cold and look what happens. It's, it's, it's not crazy to assume a was the reason for B occurring. What do you do now? I don't know. I think Hamilton to be totally honest was already hurt. Uh, Cause I don't think there was any other explanation for him throwing only one inning in the four game blue Jays series. And Boone said something to the effect of he was battling something last week. And it, it, it felt like an inevitable IL stint. And Hamilton. Good, good luck to the Yankees without Hamilton. I mean, it, it's a tough one. They, we're already talking about DFAing Albert Abreu, which I'm going to talk about every day until it actually happens. And he has not found his way into games one, two, and three of this series. And Ryan Weber came in first, which is hilarious, uh, and did the job. So I guess not that funny. But. Uh, you already had, you know, if you want to get rid of a Bray, there was already another spot at the back of the bullpen more likely to move. That was the, you know, revolving door Weber, Nick Ramirez, Weiser spot. And, and you already now you've got another spot because Hamilton had to go down. And now that one's Ramirez is back up. He'll pitch tonight. Um, they don't really have a bullpen tonight. The Herman thing is complicated. So I will. I'm going to give an ad read first. Hey, what's up? New Jersey and Connecticut, you want to distract yourself from Domingo Herman's existence? We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users. Deposit, place a $5 or more wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account bonus bets. Win or lose, all you have to do is use our code YanksGoYard at sign up to redeem. Using our code YanksGoYard, no spaces, is a great way to support the pods. If you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid sign up with code YanksGoYard, place that first bet. New customers only 21 plus physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. Valid one offer for customer. Minimum $5 deposit, $5 wager required. Rewards issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I don't really want, I don't have much more to say about Timmy Herman. I'm very much on the record. This is me off. I'm very much on the record of not wanting him on this roster and never wanting him on this roster. And and a lot of people, every time he pitches well, people are like, ah, 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 that's why you need him on the roster, you idiot. You want to hold him accountable for something from 2019. I'm done litigating this. I, I don't want to talk about an incident from 2019 anymore. And like you said, his teammates are vouching for him and he's still, you know, continued on in, in his relationship journey. And I, I, I'm done. I'm done saying that. All, all I'm going to say is that he put the Yankees in a horrific spot with his indefensible actions in 2019. They were one starter short in the playoffs because he was not there, and he was not there because of his own actions. Um, and that he put them behind the eight ball in a horrific spot by, by something that he did. This year, he comes back and needs to soak up innings for this team that probably should have gotten rid of him long ago, uh, but they didn't because they didn't want to get rid of the arm. And he is caught against the Twins using too much sticky stuff. And the, the umpires, for whatever reason, let him stay in that game. And he he and the Yankees win that game. And it's a controversy because it's like, ah, teetering on the edge. What are the Yankees doing? And and for some reason, he's allowed to continue that game. But he probably should have gotten ejected and suspended from that game. For whatever reason, he wasn't. He got off with a warning. And at that point, with so few spots in the rotation settled, you have to be so careful. And he wasn't. And he got caught again, and he got 10 games suspended, and he can't be replaced on the roster. (coughs) Luis Severino is pitching on Sunday. He's definitely going to be capped out at like 70 innings. 70 innings. 70 pitches. He's confirmed pitching on Sunday? Yeah, he's confirmed pitching on Sunday. It'll be great. Uh, It'll be great, but he he can't go over four innings. So Sunday's game at 11 o'clock in the morning on Peacock will be... Severino to Nick Ramirez to Weber to Albert Abreu, like a, a bunch of, uh, unless they're, I don't know, hopefully they're winning by like 12 because it's going to be a mess because he, he's not really a starter right now. Herman's going to miss two turns through the rotation. He can't be replaced. They have to play a man down. That's what happens when a player gets suspended for this. And just the amount of foolishness we've had to endure by continuing to put our faith, Fools. Our Brian Cashman's faith in this man, uh second and third and fourth and fifth chances this is like a sixth chance and he failed it again because he's put the team in a horrific position 
uh, by just being too too silly to to acquiesce to a warning. He got a warning and he was like, great, I'll just keep doing what I do. And then uh, he got caught. You, you can't get caught in that scenario. You've already got a second chance this year. And I don't really know why you were given one, but you were. And he makes the absolute worst of it. I, I have no more patience for this person. And uh, I'm going to be talking to Robert Murray about whether or not this actually is affected his standing with the organization long term later. I, I don't know if there's any insight, whether it has or it hasn't. But I, I just can't believe how much this team is willing to endure for a mediocre fifth starter. Yeah, it's crazy. You want to talk about faith, though. Faith is it's a big risk when you're when you're putting your faith in something. Uh, and the Blue Jays did it this offseason with our good friend, Dalton Varsho. You want to do it? You want, was, you want to do it? No, I, just, I was curious. I was like, who'd they trade for Dalton Varsho? Because we talked about this a lot. And uh, be careful because you're, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to say he's not a perfect angel. You can't say that he's the only player in the lineup you're not scared of at all. You're not allowed to say that. You and look, can't I'm, say that he's killed every rally in this series. You aren't allowed <laughs> to say that. <laughs> he has killed literally every rally for the Blue Jays. In Second the and third, two out, seven four. Bases the loaded. Blue Jays are coming back in the first game, and and what do you know? They bring Michael King in. Dalton Varsho dribbles to first. He's out one second later, and the game is basically over. It was, ooh, what a thank God Dalton Varsho is up and not somebody scarier like Brandon Belt or Matt Chapman because, ooh, Dalton Varsho, he, he just, oh, he just dribbles one at first. It's a one-pitch at-bat, and it's over. Thank God. Or, or Lords Gurriel Jr., who's with the Diamondbacks right now, hitting 310 with a 924 OPS, 152 OPS plus in 39 games. Uh, you know who else is outperforming uh, the Blue Jays' starting catcher? That would be former top prospect Gabriel Moreno, who is hitting 321 with a 746 OPS with the Diamondbacks through 34 games. Um, so we sat here and we assessed those trades and we said, why are the Blue Jays willingly downgrading their offense in the outfield, especially two guys who kicked the AL East's ass? Um, they got rid of Teoscar Hernandez, who was having a, a very tough season. He leads, I think, the league in strikeouts, um, but that wasn't that deal. This uh, that wasn't in the Varsho deal. That was a separate deal for Swanson, which is actually working out. But them trading two outfielders who were successful at the plate and had a lot of experience in the AL East and did a good job of um, performing against the you know the team's biggest rivals and in high leverage situations, both departed. And you can't tell me that you, you can't tell us that that hasn't affected the Blue affected the Blue Jays offense because we've now seen it up close and personal, especially in this series at home after a series in which they swept the Braves at home and it couldn't look worse as you get to the bottom of that lineup too. Like they, the signing of Brandon belt, the athletics said that was going to be one of the most, that was the blue Jays arguably most underrated signing of the offseason. He's been not good. I don't know what, you know, what the, what, what the logic there was. Um, and then you look at a guy like Varsho who you didn't really know. It was clearly the diamondbacks ploy to sell high as high as they possibly could. And then you look back at what Toronto did, and it's like, why didn't you sell high on Alejandro Kirk when you had a top five prospect in the game ready to come up at catcher who also debuted for you last year in 25 games and hit 319 with a 733 OPS. It's really good for your first 25 games as a player who had never played in the major leagues before. Um, so I just wanted to remind, oh, I'll keep tabs on it. If this goes sour on us and we look like idiots, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a little update. But right now, it – quite frankly, could not look worse. Dalton Varsho, just so you guys also know, because we have to provide all of the intel here so you understand. Late in close situations, he is batting 48 
with a 248 OPS. That 480, is 48. 480. That's pretty good. <laughs> 0.048 in 25 plate appearances with oh. two outs and runners in scoring position in 31 plate appearances. That would be a 74, 074 with a two two uh with a 416 OPS. Um, and then with runners in scoring position, just in general, just for fun, 170 batting average, 602 OPS, 64 plate appearances. Um, defense has been good. I will admit that. He's taken a lot of good routes on balls. He's got a pretty good arm out there. But um, this is not the offense that the Blue Jays signed up for when they willing again willingly got rid of two guys who were very productive for them. So uh, yeah, not working out so far, I'd say. When you trade Moreno and Guriel, I think what you don't want to get back is the worst clutch hitter in baseball. <laughs> unless I'm unless I'm mistaken there, I feel like that's not what you want to get back. Um, I don't know. I was told that the stack cast metrics don't matter because he pulls the ball and the blue Jays move the fences in and his pull side. So he's going to hit more home runs six. I was told he was sort of a speed demon that his athleticism was going to take them to the next level. Six stolen bases. He gets on base at less than a 300 clip. He has almost the same numbers as Anthony Volpe, who you guys laugh at relentlessly in Toronto. Like they are all you know, almost identical stat lines so far this year. I don't know what to tell you. He's three for his last 28 at 107 in general. And again, every time he comes up in this series, I'm like, phew. <laughs> I mean, he's got one more game left to, to bash on us tonight. I'm sure the peripherals don't line up either. Go look at the baseball savant page. Usually that could be a help. That could be a cop out for some of the folks out there who say, well, the savant page is red. So that means good things are coming. Maybe no, but those don't matter for him. Remember, like oh, everybody, the Savant page matters for everybody else except for Dalton Varsho because it doesn't capture the genius of the player. The swinging who, bunts down the third baseline. Yeah, the, the push bunts. I love War. His War does not make sense. One, one, one B War for him so far this year. Um, but when you actually put him up in a situation where it needs it, you need a clutch hit. You're not getting it. Or so I, I guess replacement. Yeah, I guess he's a win above replacement because the replacement level player also wouldn't be able to hit in the clutch at all. <laughs> but uh, I, there are certainly players I'd rather have uh, in my lineup right now than Dalton Varsho. Uh, like the other catcher who they had. Remember, they were choosing between Kirk, Moreno, etc. They kept Danny Jansen, too. Mm. Um, he's not very good. But against the you feel like he kills the Yankees. You're right. Uh, I just feel like we have to actually say it out loud because – Maybe it's like, maybe it's a vibe. You think it's a vibe. You're like, oh, Danny Jansen, that guy kills us. No, you're right. And a lot of people are like, Danny Jansen sucks against everybody else. You're right. 38 games against the Yankees, hitting 282, slugging 573, and hit his three-run walk-up home run yesterday. 314 games against other teams, a way larger sample size. 212. And slugging 398, for reference, Kyle Higashioka slugs 388. So this vaunted... Catcher, who was sort of a trade ship this offseason, was a potential all-star last year, too. Jansen really just is not very good against any team other than the New York Yankees, a team that he absolutely dominates Actually, and walked off again yesterday. He kind of destroys the Red Sox. Oh, never mind. Danny Jansen for president. This guy rules. Yeah. 263, 847 OPS, 9 homers, 30 RBIs in 43 games. So, okay. Um I'm not going to count the Orioles because the Orioles were bad up until the middle of last year. Um, He's got good, decent stats against them, 244 with an 824 OPS. But, yeah, I mean, the Yankees numbers are far and away 
the the absolute th- those were career numbers, right? That yeah, those yeah, unbelievable. Nine sixty one OPS is crazy. That's like that's like MVP. That's MVP OPS. I also think we have to talk about uh, Blue Jays the the one final main character Blue yes. Jays main character syndrome final boss. Uh, Chris Bassett yesterday extended his scoreless inning streak to 27. He dominated us for seven innings. He was great. Um, notice how we're not even talking about Alec Manoa, by the way. He was terrible. He walked seven people in the first game. Um, many many people are wondering if he's actually the biggest cheater in baseball history, which is what he called uh, Garrett Cole. Many people are wondering. A lot of people are saying. But Chris Bassett yesterday throws this game. Seven dominant innings. Uh, you know, didn't blink an eye. Barely had to sweat. Uh, and you know what? Post-game interview should have just been joyous for him. Yeah. Like, he's in the clubhouse. He, he shut down the Yankees' offense. He finally writes the ship for the Blue Jays after a mess of the first two games. Jansen hit the walk-off. Maybe he's a little jealous of Danny Jansen. Who knows? His post-game interview with Hazel May, he goes, yeah, I had a sinus infection. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like really sick. But honestly, I didn't even consider not starting tonight. Quote, if I miss a start, something's really wrong with me. Mm. And to that, I say, "Wow, holy bad shit. ass!" Holy Give it up for Chris Bassett, who had a sinus infection, um, but didn't let that deter him from starting. A sinus infection, just so everybody sort of knows, is like congestion in your sinuses, which are not your arm, uh, which are not your legs, which really have very little to do sinus with throwing game. the baseball. He probably felt kind of sick but not sick enough that it was public knowledge before the game but then after he won he was like put it on the record i had a sinus infection today i bet before the game he was kind of like no i don't want to overshadow my teammates i'm not gonna look if it if i was really sick i wouldn't even be out there that's what he said because if i was really sick i wouldn't even be out there so i'm sure that's what he said before the game they're like chris we want to scratch you and he was like no come on i can pitch through a sinus infection and then after the game he was like I pitched through a sinus infection. I call it the prestige. And he was like, he was probably like, well, you know, technically it was good for me to go out there because sinus infections are not actually contagious. So I didn't put anybody at risk and I got to pitch. So it was Just great. The audacity of Danny Jansen's walk off. <clears throat> the clubhouse is celebrating. And he's like, yeah, that was impressive. You know, it's really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> having a sinus infection during the game. And then a reporter in the back is like, "Uh, Chris, did you have a sinus infection during the game? Now that you mention it, I actually did. Oh, funny you ask. Yeah, I know it's crazy to believe a man could dominate while fighting back a sinus infection, but sirs and madams, it's actually true because that's exactly what I did. Congrats on the magic trick, Chris Bassett. Uh, nobody needed to know this ever. But now we do. Yeah, thanks. I mean, look, I mean, what's going to happen when Chris Bassett doesn't have a sinus infection? Is Mike, are <laughs> how, gonna, good, how good can he He's going to throw all 12 innings of work and shut us out? Like, oh, my God. It's crazy. Chris Bassett, also the same person last year when he was on the Mets, was like I, I think he tested positive for COVID. And he's like I don't even know why they're still testing me. I was like you're not supposed to say that out loud. He was like I don't even get it. I'm still being tested. If I never got tested for this, I would never have it. And I'm like yeah, no, but like don't say that to anybody. And now today 
He's like, by the way, I'm sick again. I have a sinus infection. I pitched with it. I still have it. I still have a positive sinus infection test. Just wanted to let you guys know because it's tough. It's tough. I can't believe it. I'm I'm laughing. I'm lolling. I'm a lolling at uh, Christmas. But you you have to laugh because uh, he did. uh, He did. He did beat him. He did beat him. So we just have to do a little giggling. Well, he didn't. Um, he didn't. He didn't beat them. No, you're right. You're right. No win for him. Yeah. Shout out to Clay Holmes being clutch to saving Garrett Cole from the loss uh, by getting out of that jam. I'm glad Cole didn't lose the game. He battled. He shouldn't have lost the game. Nobody, literally, nobody got a hit with the rest of the scoring position last night. The Yankees were 0 for the game, uh, and the Blue Jays were 0 for the game until Danny Jansen homered, and it was like I think Yankees went 0 for seven, and Jays went 0 for 15. Uh, both of those are terrible. Yankees never got anybody on until they did. Uh, Volpe had a bad at bat yesterday. Do we have to did. mention Volpe because we were Volpe apologists in these last two games? I, I guess we probably do. I mean, I was going to just say I'm good. Like I'm good. I did it. I did my. I got my stuff off my jet. So now whatever you whatever you want to finish with, we'll we'll wrap. With. I don't. I just I don't want to exclude the fact that booted that ball on booted Tuesday it. night, which really shrewded it. <laughs> could have been really that could have been bad. And thankfully, the Yankees bullpen stepped up and and got the job done. Um, then you have last night. Obviously, he wasn't playing, but he comes in for that pinch hit at bat. Goes down non-competitively, and I understand that's a difficult situation, but then you just can't make that error in extras when you have a double play ball right up the middle. So, um, yeah, uh, thing perhaps a little bit for Volpe to clean up. Uh, he's been largely good all year. I think his defense has been refreshing for the most part. But, yeah, can't have this spiral into something else. Um, We thought moving him down the lineup would maybe take some pressure off of him and help out. Um, I I don't know if that's necessarily been the case on both sides of the ball because there's been some shaky defense. And I don't know, just can't start having these problems because Glaber Torres is already in the middle of the infield making asinine play after asinine play. He did it every night this this series. we can sit here and recount them, but we we don't have too much longer here to to spend. So, and I don't want to do that. I want Glaber Torres to to be well and play well and feel like that he's comfortable here. But some of the some of the decision making, the base running, oh my, it's just, it's infuriating. He should just be a lot more successful and um, smarter than he is. And it just seems like his head is not in the game sometimes, and he's just out to lunch. But yeah, middle of the infield is very important, um, especially when you have uh, a battered starting rotation and a battered bullpen now losing guys. You know, Ian Hamilton was a surprise um, a, a surprise addition here that ended up pitching high leverage innings and um, getting the Yankees out of a lot of jams. Now you lose somebody like him, the margin for error continues to get thinner. So let's let's clean it up a little bit, fellas. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's been a bad. I don't, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, clean it up. A little bit of clean. We need a clean job. No, it's been a bad series for Volpe, and there's been some weird online discourse too. That's like, oh, you guys were all over IKF for his errors, but not, you're not getting on Volpe for his Ooh. errors. And it's like, yeah, maybe people were too harsh on IKF. Like, but also that was a sustained pattern. It was a whole year. It was error after error after error. It was the inability to play the position and the lack of desire to play the position. Yeah. It was not a shortstop. And how about IKF on Tuesday? Great job by IKF. And I just wrote something today that sort of excuses IKF and Johnny Brito because they've been falling into their roles recently. Maybe Johnny Brito needs an opener, but you know what? He was great. He was awesome in that start. 
And maybe IKF is he, he maybe he is. We know he's a utility man. Maybe he's not an outfielder, but he's definitely a third base, second base. Put him where you need to. Um, not a starting shortstop. And when he's not run out every single day, putting up below average offense and below average defense at the position, he gets less scorn. And he homered uh, off Kevin Gossman, which is not his first home run off Kevin Gossman somehow. He had a huge game and he manufactured a run at the end of that game. Excellent. uh, And the Toronto Blue Jays caught a foul fly ball. By the way, where do you stand on that? Like if it's if it's going to score a run and it's going to turn a 5-3 game into a 6-3 game, and it's a foul ball, clearly, why would you catch it for the second out? I don't think you would. I don't – I mean, I don't know how you make that decision unless there is a concerted effort by the coaching staff to say don't catch this ball if it's foul. Well, the Blue Jays coaching staff is full of next-level geniuses, so there's (laughs) no way. They obviously had a plan in place. I don't – Heat of the moment, like it's funny to laugh about, and I'm happy to make fun of them because they deserve it. But if I'm an outfielder, I'm probably catching that, especially because it wasn't like too foul. It was definitely momentum was taking him forward. If you let that drop in and it hits the line, you're the biggest jackass in the universe. So I don't know. It's funny to laugh about. I I I, I will that will be my stance. But I don't know if I'm gonna trade. I don't know if I'm gonna roll the dice and hope that the batter gets out in a different manner in, in the next couple pitches or something like that. That seems like a little bit, that seems like a little bit of a reach to me. Well, this whole series was funny to laugh at. It was a mess top to bottom. And I'm glad it's ending tonight. Again, I said it would be okay in my mind to go three and five during this eight game stretch. I guess I think it would have been okay, but I had low expectations. I did not think the Yankees lineup was going to bust out the way they did against Tampa. I did not think they would make those games competitive. I did not think the pitchers we were sending to Toronto had a good chance of surviving. That was Herman and Burrito, and I didn't know there'd be an opener, but whatever. And I was baking in a Schmidt loss against Tampa, and they did lose the Schmidt game, but whatever. They're four and three heading into the last game of all this BS. Then they go for three games in Cincinnati. Cincinnati can hit. Cincinnati can pitch. Cincinnati ain't bad, but it's just three more of the road trip before they finally, finally, get a day off and a much needed reset next Monday. Crazy. It's been this long, but I'm proud of what this team has done. And I'm proud of what this team is making other teams and other fan bases do. I can't believe Toronto Blue Jays fans and players and managers and coaches are acting the way that they are, but they are. And they're going to maybe put a little feather in their cap because of the Jansen home run. So let's see what we can do tonight. Maybe we got a shot. Uh, Nestor Cortez is going to have to be much better than he's been. Maybe he just has to come out after four innings. Maybe that's the solution. I don't know. Let's see what we see, but they've already secured a series split, and they've done it emphatically, again, to the point where all anyone is going to remember about this series was how unprofessional everyone involved in the Toronto Blue Jays operation made themselves look, and that's a beautiful thing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, on the audio feed, and on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern. Every Monday, every Thursday, we go live. Otherwise, if we gotta, we did some videos this week about the Jays stuff in real time. Thanks for reacting and responding to those. Thanks for watching the stream. Thanks for taking in the audio feed. Truly, thanks for all of it. Thank you for the DraftKings work. If you created your DraftKings account, all that does is help us. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Please do. If you're from Toronto and you want to chat, some of you have. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. 
We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. A lot of fallout from this series. We're having a great time. Thanks for everybody for reading, commenting, sharing, everything that you do. We're having fun. We hope you're having fun. Um, one more thing before we go. Rays lost last night. Hilarious game to the Mets. Yankees win. Obviously, that would have been nice, but they're losing right now 3-2. to two. Yep. Yankees win tonight. And if the Rays lose, that's a six-and-a-half game division lead. And that is just something I want to tell everybody who is saying uh, less than a week ago that there was no chance, no chance, absolutely no chance, the Yankees would be able to make 10 games up in the division in the first week of May. Yeah. So just want to update you on wins and losses, standings, how the baseball schedule works in case you have kind of fallen um, – off the map in regard to that. But yeah, just letting you know, the division lead could be as small as six and a half games tonight. And then it also depends on this outcome of the Orioles, uh, Orioles angels game. That could be, that could be another game bouncing in our favor. And that would put us uh, two behind the Orioles. So just saying, well, the rays are completely uncatchable, right? Surely they're not three and a half games up on the Orioles. <laughs> that would be crazy if they were only three and a half games up on the Baltimore Orioles, who no Yankee fan is talking about right now. Oh, wait. Yeah, they're only three and a half games up on the Orioles. Interesting. Ways to go for the Rays. Indeed, and they're missing their pitchers all of a sudden. Their bullpen floundered against the Mets yesterday. Uh, three run homers to tie it, three run homer to walk it off, and a two run homer after the seventh inning. It's the most multi run homers after the seventh inning win a game or some stat that I wow. will never be able to quote properly. Um, <laughs> special win by the Mets. Special loss by the Rays. It's a long season and it's May 18th. See you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.